from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. That is where you are listening. You are watching on Facebook Live on facebook.com backslash livenowdt, and you can also pick it up on our feed on our official Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt. So however you're listening, however you're watching, thank you so much for being a part of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You just heard from my alma mater on one side of things, on the men's basketball side, and now on the women's basketball side, in her first season as a head coach of the team, Jen Carlton. She has been with us. She's told her story. We obviously had the banquet together, and we had the opportunity to do that going into the season, the tip-off dinner, which was tremendous, and she has been already a mainstay on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and will continue to support this women's basketball program and continue to support the mission and the vision of Jen Carlton, as I very much do appreciate her taking over at the helm of a program that I've cared about for almost two decades now from the moment that I stepped in the door in 2003. So with that being said, the head women's basketball coach of the Pacers team is Jen Carlton, and I always, always appreciate the time that we get to have. Jen, how are we doing today? Good, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, and and Jen, you know, you and I spoke off the air. You know, obviously you want to win games. Every coach wants to win. And, you know, there, there comes a time where you have to go through a learning curve. I just spoke with Enrico about it. Five, you know, five wins in a season, six wins in a season, 11 over two years, and then boom, 15 and then 17. And now working his way this season to get back to 500 and push forward from there. What are you taking away from year number one? Because all good things need a foundation. And all good things take time, but we live in a society of give it to me now. So how are you navigating through everything? Well, I'm one of those people. I'm a zero-patience kind of girl usually, um, but I do understand the process, and I love the process. The process is what, you know, what makes me want to coach every day. And, you know, if it was easy, if you just wanted to, you know, put the girls put on the uniform and me put on my heels and my whistle and have, you know, have all that. If, if we just wanted to win just by doing that, like I'm in the wrong profession and it really doesn't happen that way. So I understand that, you know, building, you know, Coach Enrico's is brick by brick. I understand building that foundation. I understand what it takes in order to, you know, to, to make something really good and really successful, but not just for one year, not just for a quick fixes, but for long term. And um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of, you know, building things, it takes a lot of growth, it takes a lot of, you know, putting your own kind of, you know, method to the madness together, and, um, you know, I love the process, like I just said, and, and I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to continue with the process. Uh, we're a very young team, we're, we're getting better every single day, um, even though our, our record doesn't show it, or the scores of our games sometimes don't show it, I, I know with my heart, I know my heart, I know my mind, but we are getting better. Um, and I am, I am enjoying coaching this team. Hopefully we can just start to, to put the wins together one by one once the break gets over. Absolutely. And, and speaking here with Jen Carlton once again, you know, Jen, like you said, you know, you, you, you love the process. You appreciate the process. you got to trust the process. And, and that's obviously an, an important thing. And at the same time, you know, 
you're impatient. You you want to have it now. You want to you want to get there. How do you balance the two? The impatience of I want to win now. I, I want to have that success. I, I want you know this to be a, a part of Marywood and what I'm doing here all the time. And then knowing that you have to build because in any relationship, whether it's you know with 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 the athletes and, and on the court. Or if it's a romantic relationship, it's a friendship, if it's a job, it's, you know, everybody kind of wants to rise to the top right away. You meet somebody, you love them, let's get married. You know, you go and have a job, I want to be the CEO tomorrow. But that's not how life works, and all good things in life take time. So how do you balance being impatient with knowing that all good things take time? You know, just like what you just said, like, I am impatient, me, you know, Jen Carlton, I'm impatient, but that's not what my job is. My job is to make my, you know, 16 girls on my team better, and it's all about we, not I, not you, you know, and no one is more important than the next person, so we have to build off of, you know, what everybody can contribute, and at this point, not everybody contribute, can, can contribute the same stuff, but at we're, we're learning together. We're growing together. We're, we're trying to understand what the system is together. Um, and it's not about me. It's not about what, you know, our best player. It's not about our best shooter or our best defender. It's about how we can mold all 16 players plus, plus, uh, four coaching, uh, four, uh, four coaches together to make it work for what we want to do long term. And, um, I think that's what, where, where we're at right now. And, um, I love, like I said, I love the process, but I love that, you know, when I'm in the locker room with the girls and they're upset about, you know, about the game or, or upset about practice because, you know, we had a step back or something. And I can look at them and say, I know you honestly believe that you're getting better. And they all, like, perk up and they look and they shake their head. Like, they know they are. You know, the, 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 you know, the stat doesn't show it yet, but their minds do. Their faces do. Like, their demeanor does. When they walk into a new place, they're not walking in with their heads down because of our record. They're walking in with their, with their shoulders back and their head up because of their confidence knowing that we're getting better. And I feel like that, that needs to take you know, the front. That needs to be center stage for what we're doing instead of just the wins and losses. It's how they're, how they're accepting it and the things. And no one ever wants to accept losses, but I do want them to accept the fact that even though the, the wins aren't coming, we are getting, you know, we are putting the necessary steps in to make this the right thing for later on. Um, and I think that they understand that. And that's really important to me. And I'm looking at this right now, and, and I'm seeing the amount of support uh, with just the the listenership and the attention to uh, the moment that I put out there, Jen Carlton's coming up next. The the people that have have come in and been a part of this, have you felt that support? Do you get a sense for that? I mean, what can you say to that? Absolutely. I mean, so many people, so many people on campus, so many people, friends, family, um, you know, parents of of um, players. They just they they can see the growth too. You know, like I said, even though the record's not showing it, they can see the growth too, and they can see the passion in the girls' faces. You know, they can see that want. Um, sometimes, like if the wins are there, sometimes the want isn't as significant because they're used to winning. They're used to having it handed to them, and and this team wants to earn it. They want to get out there. They want. They want to do it the right way, and I feel like that's what's gaining a lot of support is that they see that they're competing until the final buzzer every single time. You know, I'm up coaching up 20, down 20, no matter what. We're always going to be coaching our butts off to make sure that we're, you know, we're giving everybody everything that we possibly have. And the girls are the same way. They're giving us everything they possibly have for 40 minutes plus. Um, and it's, it's important for people to see that because it's not just about, you know, that final buzzer, what the score is. It's about the process of going through it. Um, and I, I really do think that people are gravitating towards how hard they're working and how much passion and love and support they're, they're doing it with. And I think that's important. 
Speaking here with Jen Carlton, the head women's basketball coach at Marywood University in her first year at Marywood. When you when you see the like you said, uh, you know these these young women are coming in, shoulders back, head held high. You know they're getting after it and they're doing what they can do uh, through these nine games. When we look at you know uh, players that have been in each of these, and and you've had numerous players compete in you know all nine games. We look at Morgan Shamro as well as Araya Onks. Uh, Olivia Kosin, and a lot of these players have been out here. Uh, Allison Bayshore, uh, Emily Theobald have been in in nine games. Kate Riley, uh, you know, uh, Kylie Weiler, Wires. Uh, what can you say about what you've seen from your team and utilizing different players, trying to build depth, trying to see where you can use players, where where they fit into the system because you have really reached out and allowed so many to play all nine games. And, you know, other players within all this have played half the season, a little over half the season. What are you seeing? What are you taking away? How are you looking at maybe the environment through these first nine games? Well, the first couple of games were definitely, you know, being, being that we're not allowed to do anything until October 15th and our first game was November 8th, you know, we're really kind of, you know, going through it and, and seeing our best combination, seeing what works for us, seeing not even our best combination, who works best together, you know what I mean? So the first couple of games were really just kind of trying to figure that out. And I feel like the last couple of games, we've realized that we can go a lot deeper than we did for the first couple of games. So, um, you know, we have a we have a roster of 16 right now. Um, and, and in reality, we're, go, we're going to play 10 or 11. And I think that 10 or 11, even maybe even 12, and I feel like, you know, even the 13, 14, 15, and 16 have the opportunity to do that. Uh, you know what I mean? And because of our numbers being so high, we can play at a higher pace. We can play it at a, you know, a good rebound and run kind of you know, transition game. And I feel like we can get a lot of people in the game. Um, and, and I think it's important that we do so, especially when while they're young and learning and, and anxious to, to be a part of something. You know what I mean? And, and not just saying we're just going to throw them out there unprepared. Uh, that's what took the first four games. We, we didn't know if they were prepared for college basketball yet because it's a huge difference. Most of them haven't played with a shot clock before which is a, a big difference. Uh, most of them haven't played in a system where, like, it's not just give the best player the ball. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's learning. It's learning how to play the college game. The college game is way faster than, than anything they um, anything where they were associated with in AAU and high school. And I think just getting acclimated to the system is really important for, for not just them individually, but for our team and what comes next. You know what I mean? The years following, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Um, you know, they're putting the time in. They're understanding the game now. It's going to help all of us later on. And when you learn from wins and you learn from losses, you learn from the season, what have you learned from these these first nine games of the season? What have you taken away as your next game? I mean, the girls will be off for a while. You know, they won't be playing again until January 6th, on Monday, January 6th at 6 p.m. against Penn College at home. So now that you have this break, you have this Christmas and holiday time in between December 14th and January 6th, you have some time to think about it and let it marinate. What have you learned from these first uh, few games before you step into the new year? What has it taught you up to this point? Well, it's, it's taught me that I have an incredibly coachable team that really wants to get better, and, and they want to you know, they want to do the things to, to make it work. Um, in terms of specific basketball wise, I've, I've learned that you know most of our team is. Uh, two, three, and four, almost all the same height. We have, you know, six, like I said, 16 girls on the team. I think 14 of them are almost the same height all the way across, it seems like. Um, we have two bigs that, that is really, really it. And I feel like we have to, you know, we have to have more of a post presence inside. We have to make, 
know, make that more of a priority, even though our numbers don't match up with, up with that. But at the same time, you know, we get we get opportunities for our post players by creating with our guards, by getting into the paint, by getting good looks, good looks from the three point line, by beating people off the dribble, um, and all of that doesn't matter if we, unless we play defense. And I think that our defense is something that we're we're starting to take pride in, um, even though, like I said, even though our the numbers aren't there, we're you know we're doing the little things that we're working on in practice. Like we're we're trying to put in new you know new trapping defense you know, before games, and we're trying to find what our nature's going to be because we do have so much so many numbers. So let's try to utilize that. Let's try to get into a little bit more of a track meet with with some teams, um, and that's kind of what we're going to focus on when we get back. Um, we two, we're going to have two weeks off when it's all said and done. I'm going to bring them back after Christmas for a couple of days, and then get them off for New Year's, and then come back ready, you know, ready to go hard for. Um, for the six as well, but I'm excited for those couple of days of practice where we don't have to prepare for a certain opponent. We can just help ourselves get better, and that's really what I'm looking forward to. I love games. Obviously, games are hard. You know, you're, you're, they're your test. You know, if you only have, you know, 26, 26 games to, or 26 opportunities to impress your boss, or 26 opportunities to get your message out to everyone else, you know, that's kind of how I look at the games, but it's at all the other times that we're really getting better, that we're really, really you know, that I love to coach and teach the moments that are going to lead to the games being a lot better. Speaking here with Jen Carlton of Marywood University Women's Basketball, and in, in her first year as head coach of the team, Jen, we, we talk about, like you said, learning and, and growing and, 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 and appreciating the process. What are the little wins, the, the, those moments that only a coach can see when you're sitting in your office or you're at practice or you're at a game, something that makes you smirk, smile, realize, uh, kind of, you know, something that makes you step back and go, you know what, we got that. Or a week ago, I hadn't seen that, but I see it now. What have been those those little building block wins that you've been taking through these first few games, uh, there's, there's a ton, and you know, just a couple that just stand out to me right away. We, you know, we're very young, like I've been talking about, and um, and the upperclassmen have been through some some adversity. You know what I mean? They've had some turnovers. They've three coaches in three years, so it's hard to get a grasp on what a coach wants or what a system wants. And um, just I'm going to say probably two or three weeks ago, we we have we have a ton of of young kids, like I said, and um, I'm asking them to communicate, not just talk, but communicate. Like, who has this one? You know, someone step up, someone say, we need this to happen, or, you know, uh, you know, et cetera, and stuff like that. And, and again, the other day, one of our young point guards just turned around and didn't even, like, it didn't come from the bench at all, just, just turned around, we were about to have the ball, and turned around and was like, who has so-and-so on like, make sure you know she's a shooter. And, like, all of a sudden, and she didn't just say it, like, very meek. She didn't say it very shy. She didn't say it just to, to someone one-on-one. She said it across the court when we were going on offense, worrying about what we were going to do on defense. And right there, I looked at my, my coaching staff, and I'm like, that's what I've been waiting for from her. Like, just that, that little moment of her communicating, not just about what she needs, but what our team needs um, on the defensive end that's going to come in the next possession. You know, those little those little things, like, really stand out to me. Those are the things I look for, you know, the most. And, um, that, that's just one example. I have another example of one of the girls on our team. She wasn't sure if she wanted to play this year. You know, she wasn't sure if she was a transfer. She really wasn't sure if she was, you know, as committed as she needed to be to play. And so she came to my office in September. And when I first got the job, it was probably my second or third day. And um, she just, we just talked. And, and I said, listen, take a couple days to come back. And, and we kind of talked and we got on the same level. And she decided she wanted to play. And she was very anxious. And she didn't know how to like, almost finish a sentence because she was very 
sensitive about a lot of things. And the other day, we're going around in a circle at practice, and we're talking about what needs to be done. And she was just, I, I picked on her first. I, I went to her first, and she wasn't expecting it. And usually, she'd be like, just get me, I'll come back. And she, like, thought about it for a half a second. We're like, no, this is what we need to do. This is what we've been getting better at. This is what we need to take advantage of. And I just, in that moment, I just saw the growth in her face. I just saw, her, like I said, her shoulders back, her head held high, that, that something's clicking. And it's not just basketball. It's confidence. And that's really what my job is, to make sure that their confidence level is through the roof so they can tackle any job, any adversity that they handle as females in a workplace. And I know that they, they're starting to get that. And that, to me, is the ultimate reward. And I'm very, very proud of, of their accomplishments. I'm very proud of their growth. And uh, we got a message here from Jerry Hart, uh, a longtime listener and supporter of the show and, and obviously connected to Marywood. He said, assistant coach Joe Reno's philosophy when he played was, if you're off, shoot till you're on. Does he still have that philosophy? <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a shooter, too. So I keep yelling. You know, Morgan Samuel, I keep talking to her. She's you know, she knows she's a shooter, but she's not not, not confident yet. And I just, every time she catches the ball, I just yell from across the uh, from across the court, "Shooter, shoot! Shooter, shoot!" <laughs> so you know, we're we're you know we're getting there. We're getting there. And as soon as they get more confidence in themselves, and I know that they're all getting you know getting a little bit more every single day. I know that that you know there's no feeling for us. I definitely understand that, and and they're they're enjoying it, and that's really important to me. That everything they're doing, they're doing with a smile on their face, and that's you know that's important for for our growth as a team. You've you've updated the uh, the photo on Twitter to have the green dress. Is that a thing that needs to be there? Do you have to have some type of green from here on out? Do you mix it up or or you know what can you say about that? I definitely mix it up. That that happened to be. We've only had two home games. So it took you know seven or eight games for, uh, for us to get a home game. So I wanted to make sure that I had the green on to represent so everybody knew I'm all in. You know, so that definitely had to do that for the first game. So as we move forward here with Jen Carlson, uh, Jen, you know we're in the Christmas and holiday season. Spoke with Enrico about it. What do you do for the holidays? I know you're a Jersey girl. I know that you wear that proud and you appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So what's life like for the holidays? What are you doing? Where are you going? What do you love about it? What can you say? Well, I'm going to my mom's. My mom lives in Dayville, New Jersey, which is on the bay side of Seaside. Um, so very close to the water, um, very close to the ocean, which is really nice. Um, but my mom will have Christmas Eve, and my grand- my grandmother will come over, my aunt, my uncle, my sister. My sister has a new puppy she got a couple months ago. So she's bringing, you know, will bring um, the puppy over as well. And uh, it'll just be us. We have a very small family, but it's, every year it's it's just nice. It's just fun to just relax, not you know, not worry about what's really going on in the workplace or anything else, and just enjoy being together. And then um, on Christmas Day, we'll go over to my aunt's house, who she lives um, on a horse farm, so it's nice to be able to kind of go out and see the horses and you know walk around with that, and you know, just be, you know just be around around family, which is really important. Absolutely. Do you have any traditions that you know outside of what you said? Do you have anything like I always have to cut down a real tree, and this year I had to fight with it, saw it, saw it again, fight with it again. My cousin cut his finger. It, it, you know, it, it was it was in the garage, and then I said, I got it on Sunday. It was in the garage yesterday and Thursday because I got pissed off at it, but I knew that it needed water. So, I mean, do you have any type of National Lampoon type of Christmas thing? Do you have something you have to do every Christmas or no? 
Um, I, I think yes and no. I guess it depends on my like I've I've moved a lot. You know what I mean. But when I had my places in Delaware and. I had a, a big loft, so I would have like a 14 foot Christmas tree, and like it was just—it's just me, you know what I mean? So it's like absolutely ridiculous. It's so ridiculous to throw it off the balcony, you can't even bring it home, like bring it out the door. Uh, but I love like going a little, little extra, you know what I mean? Always be a little—it's a Jersey thing. You have to be a little extra and a little bit of everything you do. So whether it's a huge tree or an obnoxious uh, decoration that's you know right in the forefront. Um, or just being extra with something, I feel like that's, you know, that's really my only tradition is just, just throw a little extra into everything you do. <laughs> and I can agree with that because my tree, beautiful tree, might be one of the prettiest ones I've had. Put it in its corner. It was thicker than I thought it was, taller than I thought it was. So it is, you know, it's like I look at it and, and this is my mentality. Growing up and mom always decking out the house, I'm like, this is my house. It is just me and the dog. So in my head, I'm in, I'm in bed last night going, why aren't any of the decorations up? I'm like, idiot, you have to do that. And then I'm like, what if, what, all right, it's all on me to decorate this house and make it look pretty. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I can understand and I can appreciate the little bit of extra that's, you know, that you have to do because, but, you know, I would love to wake up and have an elf set this whole thing up for me if I can make that happen. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I've ever asked you about this on air, and I have to. Being a Jersey girl, what are your thoughts on Jersey Shore? <laughs> it, it's, it's, I love the show. I think it's hysterical. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, and that little bit of extra that I love, you know? But that's, in reality, only two of them are from Jersey, so you can't really say that that's exactly how Jersey is. It's just taking place there. But I actually, you know, I've, I've seen them filming it. I've been to the bars where they were, where they, you know, when they were, you know, filming stuff. And I've seen the camera guys and the producers, you know, try to create trouble and, you know, try to, to you know, create that chaos off camera so it becomes something on camera. So I know how ridiculous it is, but, you know, it's still, you know, people's guilty pleasure. And so the fact that it's still going strong after 10 years, you know, that, that says something. So um, I enjoy it, but I don't think it's necessary representation of what Jersey really is. And Snooki, I believe, is leaving the show because she doesn't like how she's being portrayed. Thoughts on thoughts on that wonderful, I don't even know it's a caller, but thoughts on Snooki? <laughs> Hey, I love I love when someone can be their own person and and own it no matter what. So I appreciate how every one of them owns their own personality. So um, unfortunately, she's not going to be on the show anymore. But I I think that they'll last. I think they'll be okay without her. Yeah, I think it'll be all right. So that coming from Jen Carlton. Jen, as always, I, I appreciate the time, and I'm excited. I'll be down there in January, catch up with you and Enrico, but. In the meantime, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays. Hope the season goes well and enjoy the time with family. And, and you talked about grandparents and cherish that because mine are all mine are all up there with the big guy giving him hell. So I uh, cherish having them here. But you know, I really do appreciate everything that you've done. And, and even though this is your first year, you've been a great addition to the show. And I want to thank you for that. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And happy holidays to everyone. All right. Take care.